0: Welcome, everyone, back to the call up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. Thanks, you guys, so much for the first episode. We had a great turnout, 500 plus views and counting right now on YouTube, 150 plus plays on our podcast platform on our first episode. That is very solid. So, thank you guys for checking that out. Very pumped to be back with you for week two, joined by a familiar face in John Hellcamp and Michael Richards, who you guys got a tease at the end of last episode, was part of this crew, was not on. He's with us this week. This man knows prospects like it's nobody's business. One of the best prospect minds in the game, and we're proud to have him as part of the call-up here. One of the call family members here. Mike, how you doing tonight, man?
1: Doing great. I appreciate you having me on and uh, having me on as part of this podcast. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed what you guys are doing. I like where this is all going, and really looking forward to talking prospects with both you guys.
0: It's going to be a fun night. Shout out to Christian who can't make it tonight, but we're... Gonna do our best to carry the load for you, John. Got the mustache out tonight. How you feeling? You got some uh, some prospects in mind. You ready to, to talk some? Yeah, prospects? man.
2: I am. I am stoked. I love our intro music so, so much. It it just it, it feels like the uh, the bullpen music, right? Like it's it's the walkout song, you know. Like we uh, need to like enter Sandman. Go back to Mariano Rivera. Um, I'm doing great because the Bobby board is uh, is in full effect. <laughs> it is it is a thing. The Bobby Dahlbeck board. Uh, so far on the season, he has 16 strikeouts and eight hits and is batting 154. So Tristan Cassis, looking at you, buddy. It's, uh, it's coming soon to a, to a ballpark near you.
0: You made sure to get your Cassis reference in early today. You didn't wait. Oh,
2: yeah. Wasting, uh, wasting no time.
0: That Dahlbeck with the big K board is going to be something all season as we talked about before there until <laughs> Cassus gets called up. I, I wonder if, if uh, Dahlbeck goes and has like a, a five-homer week. What are you going to do? Listen,
2: I don't need my first baseman for the Boston Red Sox to be Joey Gallo, who is a three true outcome guy. I I want the guy that can actually control the zone, get some walks, have a high batting average while also slugging those homers. Tristan Cassis, greater sign than Bobby Dahlbeck. Uh, Listen, I love Bobby Dahlbeck. He's a great kid. I think that he still has a lot of promise, but I think that Tristan Cassis is just nipping at his heels. And I think that it's it's not going to take very long if if this trend continues. If he, he's got twice as many strikeouts as he does hits, and he only has three walks the entire season. And he's swinging at stuff in the opposite batter's box. Like he's not on right now. And if that continues for another month, like I, I just don't know why Tristan Cassis wouldn't come in and try to platoon, and they just kind of get a look at both guys and, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm sure his come his time is coming sooner rather than later. You'll hear John screaming whenever that oh, does, yes. wherever you live. So, I, I
2: hope it's while we're recording. Like, that would just be <laughs> the greatest thing ever to happen.
0: Awesome. Oh, my God. I, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. Uh, but let's, let's get started with the show here. As you know, we always start out here. We talk about the players of the week, guys that kind of really wowed us from what they did over this past week. And we're going to start here with a guy that many may not know because we hear Nick Prado as the guy that the Royals are looking at at first base. But Vinny Pasquantino has really been showing out, John, and he's somebody that caught your eye.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to ignore these numbers and what he's done over the last week. 444 batting average, 545 on base, a, a thousand slug, and a 1.545 OPS. Two doubles, a pair of home runs, nine RBIs, four walks, zero strikeouts. So you love that ratio where you have that zone control. He's got a real a real feel for the strike zone not striking out while putting up those massive numbers. Um, it's it's a really interesting situation between he and Nick Prado. You've got two first base prospects that both are capable of putting up big numbers. It's going to be really interesting to see how these guys develop. But Vinny Pasquantino is making a case to, to be that guy. I, I don't know. This is kind of one of those situations where you look at the prospects that they have. One of them might end up being a trade candidate because they're like, okay, well, we've got two. Let's move one to fill another need. Or because uh Vinny Pasquantino is putting up these numbers, he's not exactly the most fleet footed first baseman. Maybe he goes into that DH role down the line as well. So they've got some assets to kind of play around with. And, and I think Vinny Pasquantino is is making a, a hell of a name for himself.
0: Yeah, he's the number five prospect in the royal system according to MLB.com. And he was somebody that had actually had more walks than strikeouts in two different levels of the minor leagues last year. Yeah, love that. And uh, you yeah. utilize his lower half really well. And somebody that, again, has is, is looked really a lot better than Prado this year. And that's why he's on the list right now. He's somebody that's athletic, but um, still seems locked in to be the first baseman for the Royals. Between Melendez, Prado, and Pasquintino, uh, they have a lot of guys that are basically, uh, you know, Melendez is a catcher, but. I'm sure they want to potentially move him sometimes to first base, like they're going to do with Sal Perez, DH. Um, A lot of different of these guys here. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but the the Royals in general, I think one of the things that's interesting is a lot of their minor leaguers outside Pasquantino have not been performing this year. Melendez is hitting under 200. Prado's hitting under 200. Uh, It's just been kind of interesting. Obviously, Bobby Witt has been struggling so far in the bigs. It's been very interesting to see how this is going to play out, but um, I'm sure... Sooner rather than later, the Royals are going to figure it out. Let's go now to somebody that caught Michael's eye, and that is Mr. Michael Bush, someone in the Dodgers organization. Michael, what did you see in Mr. Bush here?
1: Well, obviously, you can see the stats there. 364, 511, 848 in the last 10 days. I wasn't able to find the week stats. I might have to ask you guys about that. But uh, what caught my eye the most for him was the combination of five home runs and 10 walks over that time period. There are a lot of players who put up similar slash lines during the time, but that really caught my attention. He's he's always been someone I've liked a lot, especially for OBP leagues. The concern I have with him currently is he's in that loaded Dodgers organization. He's already 24 years old. I'm not exactly sure why he's repeating A because he was highly effective there last year. Uh, he's He's been a top-hundred prospect for me for a while. Uh, it might take a trade to open things up for him, uh, but overall you know, above average hit tool, plus raw power and average speed and capable of playing second base. And I think if the Dodgers had an opening or if a trade occurred, he'd be capable of of jumping in and being a pretty solid player right off the bat.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's somebody like you said, the problem is he's blocked in a lot of places in the Dodgers organization. Do you foresee potentially a trade or do you think he's talented enough to overtake one of those positions if you had to bet on it today?
1: If I had to bet on it, I'd say that I guess I'm lean slightly towards give, saying that he'll be traded. I think he's good enough. There's just so much talent in that organization, and I think other organizations are going to want a player with his skill set that's close at, at the deadline this year. I think he's yeah. going to be a, pre- I, tar- a trade target.
2: Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Um, we're, we're looking at all these prospects, and we're looking at you know what they do and what they profile as, as a player. Um, I just want to put a little bit of a, a dynasty fantasy baseball spin on it really quick. When you're looking at the value of these players, do you consider much about like the organization that they're in and who's in front of them? Or do you just go, Hey, this person has the talent and the organization is either going to a, give them a chance or B trade them somewhere where they might get a crack to go into it. Like does, does the, the lineup in front of that player, like, if there's a log jam, you've got an all-star shortstop, but you've got a good shortstop prospect behind them. Does that play in at all to, to kind of how you think about those players?
1: Uh, for me, it's a good question. I, it's a mixed, mixed answer, like, because I try to keep the two separate because they're separate things going on, the Major yeah. League team. And, and I don't want to make my prospect decisions based on what's happening on the Major League level, but you also have to know what's going on in certain organizations and look at the track record certain organizations do things differently and you can pick up patterns over time and then kind of incorporate that into your decisions. And someone like some the Dodgers, the Rays, the Mariners are starting to get loaded on talent. Like some of these players are 23, 24 years old in AA now, and they'd be in AAA or the majors if they're in weaker organizations.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Michael. And I would add too, when I've looked at it, if the prospect is really that elite and that good, then they're going to overtake somebody that's older and that could potentially be a trade chip for a major league team if they can go younger and a guy that won't cost as much. So I'm thinking of somebody like a let's say like a, a George Kirby right now in the Mariners organization who everybody talks about how much of a stud he's going to be. There's nobody that's going to block him from pitching. Like when he's ready, they're going to they're going to bring him up I think. And and Mike, you're I know you follow the Mariners organization particularly very closely. I can't see something where they're like, "Hey, we've got five guys that are so much better than you, even if you're ready, we're not going to call you. I could see them maybe selling off one of their guys that are already in the major league organization to bring him up. Is that how you think it would play out?
1: Yeah, I I think they're definitely going to give him a chance, but he's another example. He's 24 years old in double A because of the talent in in the organization. So it's like, I don't think it's going to prevent them. It might just make it. So it takes a little longer for them to get to the major leagues. It might, it might be a year longer than other teams.
0: Right. Then look uh, real quick here. We'll go to another hitter. Derek Call for the in the Philadelphia Phillies organization over the last seven days is hitting 400, 478, 848 slash line, a 1.100 OPS. He's got four home runs, 10 RBIs, three walks, and three Ks over that time. He's got seven home runs already on the season. He's always been somebody that has had a lot of power for them. He's a lefty that gives you a lot of power from that side. Um, but he's been in the, the prospect in uh, prospecting the organization for a little bit of time now. I don't know if he'll eventually get the call, um, but he's somebody that has been showing out really well this year. If you look just his numbers overall on the season, they're, they're pretty good. And uh, he's just a name I think that I just wanted to bring up as somebody, you know, four homers, 11 RBIs over the last seven days, a 30, 333 batting average and a 917 slug over those seven days. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he was a 2016 draft pick from the Philadelphia Phillies. So I don't know if this is like an impact player. But obviously, if he continues producing the way that he is this year, they'll have to take a look at him if injuries uh, take effect. But the recall was someone that caught my eye when I was looking at some of the leaders over the last seven days here. Let's go to pitchers. uh,
2: Hold on real quick before we move on. I'm watching a video right now on Twitter of Hall hitting a home run. This video is from yesterday. Pulled it out the right field. One of those homers that you're talking about his bat speed on that pitch up and in to turn on it. And he's, you know, he's a left-handed bat. This pitch is up and in near his hands and he turns on it. And that thing <laughs> was a frozen rope out to right field, like just a laser of a shot. I don't know. He he yeah. looks big. He looks like he can hit ball a long way.
0: So yeah. The, the power is the one point. thing that they say he has the power. It was everything else yeah. that everybody was questioning about at the major league level. Um yep. So that's, I mean, there's something called prospect fatigue, and just when guys have been in the minors so long that you're like, "All right, are they ever going to be a real contributor?" We've seen it happen, right. um, but that's the only question marks with him. Is you know, it's it's been six years he's been drafted, and we still haven't really seen him. So um, that's just the only thing. But, but yeah, that man can hit the ball a very long way. John, you you have a repeat offender on this list. Somebody that deserves yeah. to be he deserves to be talked about again because he's just be, been right? that good at AAA right now. God, Max Meyer is just
2: dominating. Like, I know we talked about him last week. I think he was your guy. I don't even care who brought him to the table <laughs> last week. Like, this dude is just dominating everybody. Three games, 1.23 ERA, 20 Ks, three balls in 14.2 innings pitch. It was an opponent batting average, of 102. I don't, listen, the Marlins, they've got no one stopping him from getting there. We're going to see Max Meyer real soon in the majors and he's getting the attention from everybody. I mean, I just saw, um, who was it that tweeted out about him? One of the baseball insiders that I'm God, which one was it just tweeted about him a couple days ago. It wasn't, it wasn't Heyman. It was, um, uh, it was Rosenthal. It was Rosenthal. He just tweeted out. He was like, yeah, uh, Max Myers that dude, like it was yesterday or something like that. It just, random tweet while getting information about him at the minor league level. He's so good and he has front of rotation stuff. And I think that he is on a blazing fast trail right now to the major leagues. He's going to be here really fast. And and he's just, uh, yeah, he's that next guy and he's, he has the possibility of being, you know, a, a number two pitcher, like as a, as a rookie, like he's, he's looking that good in an organization that doesn't have much, in front of him in terms of starting pitchers, so
0: yeah, he's he's going to be here real quick, and he's been absolutely cooking. All right, Michael, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I'm doing this a lot; it's already becoming a theme. If I had to give you one pitcher, Edward Cabrera or Max Meyer for the next ten years, who are you picking? Max
1: Meyer. I'm, I'm a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> I think Edward yeah. Cabrera has more injury risk, and also there's still a chance he's a bullpen arm, like a multi inning reliever, a highly effective one, but.
0: The Marlins organization, their top five prospects, Khalil Watson, Edward Cabrera, Max Meyer, Yuri Perez, who doesn't get talked about a lot. He's 6'8", 220 pounds. He's another great pitcher. And then don't forget, they saw Sixto Sanchez, who who knows what's going to happen with him. But the Marlins yeah. just breed pitching. And Max Meyer is the best of this young group, I think, for sure. And he's yeah. going to go fill right in that rotation. I think an injury away, the Eliezer Hernandez or somebody goes down. I think he gets called up right away. Um, he's looked absolutely yeah. great. And somebody else that's even ranked higher than him that had another great game in his last start, Grayson Rodriguez. And Michael Richards, you can dig deep in the prospect well as bells anybody, but this time you didn't have to dig too deep. You dipped your toe in and you found Grayson Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, this one was kind of, uh, there's a lot of good pitching performances over the last 10 days. So I, I chose to go with the guy who was in AAA that I'm highest on overall and This is, you know, everyone kind of knows who follows baseball knows Grace Rodriguez. He's the top pitching prospect on most people's lists. Uh, On paper, he's one of the best pitching prospects I've seen in in years, five plus pitches, which there's no other pitching prospect that has that going on. Um, What I've heard from him is that there's a possibility he could come up in mid-May with Adley Rushman. And that's, I don't know if that's a rumor, if that's a real thing that's going on. That'd be fun. Uh, but I've also heard June as a, I guess, a more realistic possibility. And I think he's someone that you want to have immediately on your teams. I'd be willing to put him in my lineups against any lineup, you know, except for maybe at Toronto or something. But uh, this is an, a, a high-level pitcher. Like I don't usually put like uh, a lot of stock in pitching prospects. There, there, there's a lot of risk involved. But he's like a legitimate, like n- number one, like SP one ace in fantasy and, and for the Orioles in the not too distant future. Like, I think he's their number one in a year or two.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's like you said, the top pitching prospect in baseball and has looked at very much so far early on in the season, the Orioles don't have much to play for this year and to have him and Rutchman come up. That new battery is just a kind of a sign of things to come for Baltimore. But Rodriguez has looked very much like people were talking about him as um, the last guy here. People might not have heard about too much. I'm going a little deeper with this one. Ethan Small in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. He's a top 10 prospect for the team. His last uh, last week, actually, he was 2-0 with a .49 ERA, 18.1 innings pitched, six hits, one earned run, 12 walks. The 12 walks are a little bit troubling. Obviously, you would like to see that go down. 24 Ks in those 18.1 innings and a .98 batting average allowed. Um, he's looked really great. Now, his fastball is not necessarily considered a lead in terms of velocity. It's in the low 90s, but he has good spin. He's able to have it work all around the zone, and he has deception in his delivery, which is what I really like about him. I like guys that have really big hitches or or ways that they deliver the ball that's kind of quirky because hitters have a hard time picking up timing. So you can make a, a low 90s fastball come at you a little bit faster. Somebody that does a really good job of that, I think, is Nestor Cortez. Who? Yes, um, is, Nasty is, is, Nestor. Yeah, Nasty Nestor, who... Tops out, I think he tops out right now around like 93. Um, But he's, I mean, he's able to have that 93 get up on you to where you're swinging late at it every single time because it's coming in. So, the way he is deceptive with his delivery. So, if you can throw hitter's timings off, which I think he can, there's a chance for him to potentially down the road in a couple of years, maybe like 2020, late 2023, early 2024, uh, I think potentially help out the Brewers. I don't know if I see him before then with the amount of pitching depth they have. Uh, maybe he can come in later this year, just work in the bullpen a little bit, but like an actual impact player, I would guess you probably will see him more in 2023. Um That's just kind of how see, I uh,
2: Did you see Nasty Nester belly flop into first base yesterday? I did. He's a web gem, yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. a web gem. Now, listen, like, technically, Quan, Quan was safe. Like, he beat him on the dive because he belly flopped and his gloves stopped short of first, but Nasty Nester was going all out to first and uh <laughs> Yeah. I think he might've got a little like chin, chin rash on that one. The way he came down on the ground, got right back up and started pitching again. It was awesome.
0: He's he's, a, just a beautiful thing for baseball. Absolutely <laughs> beautiful. I'm um, a Red
2: Sox fan, so I hate him, <laughs> but I love him, but I hate him.
0: Some uh, notable promotions since we last recorded here. Uh, we have two of them. Vidal Brujan was promoted by the Tampa Bay Rays and, and Bue brisk was promoted by, uh, by the Detroit Tigers. Now, Vidal Brujan's been with the Rays last year. Got a bit of time. Did not look great. But he now he gets another chance as Yandi Diaz is going to go on the COVID-related IL. And Diaz has been somewhat okay. A 275, 383, 325 slash over 47 plate appearances so far this year. Bruhan in AAA has been hitting 262, a 346, 440 slash, and 12 home runs over 441 plate appearances in AAA Um, so far over oh, the course of his time in AAA from last year and this year. Um, so I, I don't know how I feel about Bedell Bruhan. I have him in a couple of 50-player leagues, those deep uh, DC 50s type of leagues where you draft 50 players, and I draft him on my bench. I'm putting him in in those leagues. Uh, what do you guys think? Would you give Bedell Brujan a shot in your lineup if you're in 15-team or deeper leagues? Uh,
1: it's It's the same thing I was talking about with Michael Bush. I don't know where the consistent playing time is going to come in. I mean, I, I should start by saying I'm a big believer in Vidal Bruon's skill set, like from a fantasy perspective. It's just rare he's going to steal 30 bases when he, when he becomes a full-time player. So he's another player, I think, who's been kind of slowed by being in a loaded organization. Um, definitely someone that I'm buying in Dynasty Leagues, but as far as putting him in the lineup immediately, I'm hesitant. I, I just I just don't see him getting every day at bats. And he could still steal a few bases for you even in part time, but uh, I'm, I'm mostly looking for volume when I'm playing those 15 team leagues.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something I would uh I, and 15 teams, I think the stolen base upside. unless you have five outfielders that are dynamite, I might take a chance as my fifth outfielder for this week and see how it goes. but yeah, like you're right, it's we have to see the playing time how it shakes out. The other guy we talked about, Mr. Uh, Brisk here, um, the Detroit Tigers. Was supposed to get his debut on Saturday, I believe, but I don't know if he pitched. I don't think he pitched on Saturday. Did he pitch today?
2: No, he pitched yesterday. He was the second in the doubleheader uh, for the Tigers yesterday. Oh, I'm he looking at the start. wrong box so, score. So, yeah. Miggy, Miggy hit his 3,000th. By the way, hats off to Mr. Miguel Cabrera. Uh, three yes. batters in the history of baseball with a batting average over 300. Uh, hitting over 3,000 hits and over 500 home runs. It is Willie Mays. It is Hank Aaron. It is Miguel Cabrera. And it's a great list to be on. So Mickey got his 3,000th in the first game of the doubleheader. And then uh, Brisk or Brisky? I think it might be Brisky. I, I don't know. Um, he got the start in the second game of the doubleheader. I see it. Okay. I was actually watching it. I was over at my my future father-in-law's birthday party with like my future uncle's. And That's we're all commitment. sitting around because we're here in Michigan. So we're, this game was on and it's, it's on and we're all sitting around and we're talking baseball and um, Brisky or brisk I got to look up how to pronounce this guy's name, but he actually looked really good. The numbers don't really show it. Um, You know, he pitched five innings. He took the loss. He had three hits, three end runs allowed uh, two walks. He gave up two home runs. I, I, the first home run was in the first inning. It might've even been the leadoff hitter. I can't remember but he came right back and he didn't get shaken by that. And he went right back to work and his slider looked really good from what I was seeing. So I don't know. He's, he's intriguing. Detroit has a lot of needs, you know, like he might stick around and and start working his way into that rotation a little bit more. Um, But I I don't think that he looked all that bad for a a major league debut.
0: Yeah. He had six hard hit balls and eight whiffs on 73 pitches. Um, Not a lot. I mean, he had four on 21 swings on his fastball. But the, the strikeout stuff definitely did not look great in his debut. But five yeah. innings, three earned runs is not bad for your first major league start. Um, yeah, not but... bad. Nothing that's jumping
2: off the page. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not crazy exciting, but it's just kind of a name to be like, oh, look, he's here now. And yeah. we'll just kind of be aware and
0: see Hopefully what there'll be some more exciting names on this list next week but those are the only two I've note that got called up to the big leagues or had big prospect promotions from double A AA to triple A that I saw. Let's go now to our prospect watch and Mike, we're going to go to you here. Someone in the Rockies organization that many not, might not know, but he's been looking dynamite.
1: Yeah. Adele Amador. I wrote about him today in an article. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of my time looking at players through like an age versus level and position and, combined with their uh, scouting grades and stuff like that. And he just uh, jumps off the page to me, uh, just the overall package. Uh, it says he has an average hit tool, but the 19.2, was it, 19.2%, or 19% walk rate and 12% K percentage in, as a 19-year-old in low A. Yeah. And, and he, he had a similar numbers in the complex league last year. Uh, he's also got plus speed. Uh, I'm already seeing signs of the developing power. So, if he ends up, you know, as a 21 year old in AA in a couple of years, I see him being a top 50, top 25 type prospect. And, nice. and if it all works out, you know, he's, he's in Colorado and that still is a great hitter's park. So, definitely someone I'm investing in right now and because uh, I, I see him rising on lists in the short term and going up even higher in the long term. Okay, yeah. I'm
2: putting him in my queue right now.
0: <laughs> giving him some help in his draft. Oh man, <laughs> you can't do that, Mike. Uh, uh, somebody that I can tell you in the call of fantasy baseball league that's not available is Robert Hassel the uh, third. One of the and, best why, and why is
2: he not available for you? Why Why is he not? Did available? you take him? Who, who?
0: No. Did who you took him? Oh, I don't, got no, Hassel. I don't Oh, I thought you. Did. I, that's no, funny. no, no. I didn't take him. Someone got him before I could get him. Uh, Robert Hassel the third for San Diego. So far on the season, 389, 433, 630 slash, four home runs, 13 RBIs, eight stolen bases, and that a 1.063 cool. OPS. Had two home runs last night. One he just yanked, pulled it to, uh, to Polstein. The other one he went oppo taco. So he's hitting it to all fields. And this is a guy that, again, the just was uh, one of the top ten draft picks for the Padres in the 2020 draft. And he has just been somebody that right now in single A has been – obviously you could see the numbers, but this is someone who can hit the ball to all fields, a plus hitter, controls the zone well, a great approach at the plate. Um, I think he can still obviously get more power, but hitting two romans in a game is pretty good. He's only 195 pounds, 6'2", so I, I hope he gets a little bigger. Maybe that'll give him some more power. But he's an above-average runner. They project him more as a corner outfielder than necessarily a center fielder. But he's somebody that's very much a guy I could see I'd say debuting. I don't know if he's going to debut anytime soon. Obviously, being in single A, I think maybe you see him sometime in, in 2023, if I had to guess. Um, but he's going to just be an absolute dynamo for the Padres when he does join that organization. Somebody I expect to rise through the, the minors very much so. I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest with you, if he was in triple A by season's end, to where at some point he's making his debut next year for the, the Padres. But Robert Hassel III is somebody that's a very high-regarded prospect in all of baseball. Um, Last segment of the night here, who's next? Who is people we could expect to see at the Major League level very, very soon? And, Michael, I got to say, actually, before that, I forgot because... uh, Oh, thank you. I I forgot because... Hey, (laughs) it's my fault. It's It's my fault.
2: I was late getting the name in, so there's no graphic. So David got tripped up. It, It was my procrastinating
0: go ahead who's your um, guy for sal, sal freilich
2: sal freilich is is someone that has my attention in the milwaukee brewers organization um he's only at high a right now so you know we got a ways on him he's 22 years old so i'd like to see him move a little bit you know more quickly to come up a little bit but sal Frelick is a guy that has really good speed um really good hit tool not a lot of power But to me, he profiles as like a prototypical leadoff hitter. And he's very good in the outfield as well. He's very good defensively. And I think that he could be a starting outfielder, potentially a center fielder um, that has a high batting average, high on base percentage. You know, he's not going to hit for a lot of power Um, in 14 games at high A so far this year. He only has one home run, but he's batting 300 with a 417 on base percentage. And he has five stolen bases in 14 games. So he has the speed. He has the ability to get on base. He can steal bases for you, uh, hit for a good average, hit to all fields. He has shown that so far early this season. Um, And he's just kind of one of those names that's kind of off in the distance. It might take a while for him to kind of climb the ranks and get there, but if it goes his way, like he could profile as being a leadoff hitter in, in the big league. Someone that gets on base a lot, gets a lot of hits, steals bases for you, and sets the table for those guys that can, you know, clear it off. So that's a, that's a name that I uh, kind of got my attention, and I'm, I'm kind of watching it. I'm very intrigued by him.
0: I like it. Now we'll get to our last segment of the night, and that's our Who's Next. Guys, we could see making their Major League's debut very soon. And Michael, you have somebody that's, I've been rooting for him to get to the big leagues, but injuries have just killed him throughout his time in the minor leagues, Royce Lewis. What do you got to say about Royce?
1: Well, Royce Lewis, I've been a big fan of him since he was drafted first overall, uh, as a prep shortstop. And it like you said, injuries have been the issue. Uh, there was question marks about his hit tool, but I, I've seen enough from him as while he's being young for the, his level to say that his hit tool is better than people think he He, he has, uh, Double plus raw power and plus speed, a shortstop. Uh, Minnesota is really high on him. Uh, they're kind of in a transition right now. A lot of people were talking about Jose Miranda coming into the season, and he's a good player too. But Royce Lewis has more upside. Uh, I see him being a big time player uh, down the road. Like I see him almost like a like a Carlos Correa type with more speed. Woo! That's the kind of upside I see Love for that. him. Love like, that. Love that. That's awesome. So, like, in in I th- I do think the Twins are going to give him a chance this if, if this year if he keeps performing, and uh, he's someone I would not nece- necessarily going to stash immediately, but he's someone I'm targeting pretty aggressively right now, it- before the call up happens.
0: Michael, man, I feel like we're whole with you on the show right now. I can't believe we didn't have you on the show last week. It feels like a, it feels like I mean, we need Christian, but it feels like. There's a oh was a void missing that you oh are... yeah
2: that guy that's right I forgot about him <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> Sorry, he's not
0: we, we love you Christian but, but Mike I, you're filling a nice little hole here just had to make sure I say that before we get to our last guy here Matthew Libertor uh Libertore for the uh, the St. Louis Cardinals uh 2022 two and two with a 4-2-2 ERA twenty one point one innings, twenty seven Ks a one point oh three whip in his last start. Seven innings, two hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, and nine Ks. His by, far, his, best, his, by far, his best start of the season. His first three starts, 3.2 innings, five innings, 5.2 innings. Not great results in terms of just his ERA, batting average against. This was his first good start. And he's somebody that's already in AAA and is on the verge. He just needs to string together a couple good starts, in my opinion. As right now, the St. Louis Cardinals, Wainwright, who is, I, he's 40, I think he's 40, Miles Michaelis, who spends at least three trips every single year on the IL. Steven Dormatz, who I believe he will have three good starts and then he'll give up eight nine runs. I mean, the his name's of- Dormat.
2: Like, come on. Yeah. He's a Dormat. Do- you walk all over him.
0: Exactly. I- I'm not a Steven Matz fan. Uh, I think at some point he's going to move to the bullpen. Uh, okay. Jordan Hicks might be the biggest question mark in that bullpen be- or in the starting rotation because he's been a closer his entire career. Are they just going to ride him for three or four innings every single time he goes out there and just bullpen games? Uh, And then obviously Dakota Hudson, his first year back from Tommy John surgery. There are so many question marks in that rotation that someone like Liberatore, who I think is a step away from being called up. He just needs to string together starts like he just had. Uh, I, I think he's somebody that you could see very soon. Just give him a couple more good starts and he'll be in that Cardinals rotation. And I expect him to, to be a staple there, hopefully for many years to come. So He's somebody that if you're in any deep leagues that and you need pitching, maybe not right now, but just take a look at him maybe another week or two, see how he's doing, keep an eye on him because another couple of good starts, and I think you'll see his name floated around in more bigger sites, ESPN, CBS's of the world. They'll probably list him as uh, somebody that you should keep an eye on there. So you know at the call-up, we want to make sure we're the first on it, and we're telling you now, he's somebody to keep your eye on. But on that note, guys, another episode in the books. Again, Mike. Great having you. I know you'll be on here every week, hopefully, uh, you know, willing everything with your schedule, of course. And John, you are Mr. Consistent, two for two so far. Christian, we expect to have you back next week. But uh, Mike, anything you want to plug before we close out shop here?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you can find, I'm doing basically a weekly uh, prospect article on Fan Tracks that comes out every Sunday morning. And uh, just check me out on Twitter at MP Richards 1981. And I'm uh, doing. A lot of lists and different uh, leaderboards and uh, a lot of things that help people identify uh, breakouts last last season so i think they can help you this season as well
0: very humble man too very humble but i will i will speak of his accomplishments for him so don't worry about that and john what about you my friend where can people find you and all the great stuff that you're doing
2: uh yeah i'm over at the i'm at the new york post i'm a sports writer and editor over there i don't don't do a ton of writing i'm i'm because uh, I do a lot of editing and stuff like that as well. But I try to get at least one out per day um, on kind of all things sports. So it's not just in this, this baseball realm, but on Twitter at John Helmkamp, also Bobby Dahlbeck was over four with three K's with three left on base today. So that's all I got to say. Uh, Did you add him to the board? It, it right oh yeah. Those are already on there. The, the 16 <laughs> at the start of the show, were taking into account his, uh, his three K's and four at bats with three left on base, which was the most of, any Red Sox player. So, anyways, no big deal. It's not like we lost two to five to Tampa Bay because Bobby Dalbec stranded three with three strikeouts. No big deal. It's cool. We're gonna be fine.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, again, thanks for, guys for tuning in. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the Triple Play YouTube channel. As it stands today, we are less than fifty subscribers from two thousand subs on YouTube. So please Woo. subscribe if you are not already subscribed. We really appreciate the support. And if you guys are listening on the podcast, please give us five-star rating. Review always helps us grow. More people can get access to this great information that John and Michael Richards have been spitting. And that is that a uh, Tristan Casas card? <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. it. I love yeah, it. I, 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 that whole backdrop that's behind that's you all is, is going to be a giant Tristan Casas fathead.
2: I'm, I'm going to show up one of these weekends with a Woo Sox hat. I'm telling you right now, it's, it's going to end up happening.
0: I love it. Well, until I come up with a catchphrase for our sign-off here, (laughs) thanks thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. We'll catch you all next week.